0: Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. And stop dying, but Chuck's not here, so um, we're at Alexis and Evan's house. Notice I know who to say first. This I like Alex- it. Smart Alexis's man. house. Um, and a very special guest, the Skinny Confidential... Hi and howdy. I'm so thank you for doing this. Yeah, it's fun. It's going to be a different type of episode because uh, I'm obsessed with modern media, social media, podcast and why they're so important to people. Right. And why not go to the source? You've been doing a long time and you're in the middle of it and you're a tastemaker. What do you call yourself?
1: I call myself a content creator. I think that I'm constantly creating content for the last nine years, seven days a week. It's a, it's a seven-day-a-week job. I mean, you know, you're right. a podcaster. It's, it's not something you just do once a week, and it just sort of happens. So probably a content creator.
0: And, and you do it across podcasts and, and Instagram?
1: It started as a blog. So uh, it started, like I said, nine years ago. I wanted to start a blog, but I had the intention of building a brand. I knew that with launching the blog, that would be the foundation of, of eventually launching product, a book, a podcast, whatever, whatever it was. Um, and six years in, I started to notice a shift. I started to notice that people were getting bored of the, the curation and they wanted a more intimate connection. And my husband and I were drunk on margaritas (laughs) in Cabo and he was behind the scenes he's um entrepreneur and he said shit let's start a podcast so three years ago we launched a podcast and we just noticed that the audience really responded to it because it's you know how intimate audio is in someone's ear it's a different sort of medium than any of the other mediums um and we also noticed it was respecting their time whereas blogging and instagram and facebook you're scrolling through having to consume the content and it's taking your time with the podcast, your audience can get shit done while they're learning and being. Also, I don't
0: think you can fake being a genuine person on a podcast. Yeah. Bingo. And You can't fake that. You have nothing to say. There are a lot of, you know, I've been, I've been around a long time. I'm old. I'm probably as old as your dad. Right. You don't look old. I am 58. You look so pretty I've good. I've seen a lot of stuff. And when I started seeing this movement towards phones and people being obsessed. Now I just went through two weekends of Coachella. I don't think Coachella is a music festival anymore. It's a excuse to do selfies all day long.
1: It is an excuse to do selfies. That's kind of where the generation's headed.
0: I know. And so it takes you guys, your generation to tell them this is madness
1: it is madness yeah. <laughs> it's it is craziness it's i feel like the thing that i always say about with the kardashians cuz they they are the mega influencers of our yeah. generation i mean they are whether we like it or not they have really you know set a tone is i think the kardashians are in on the joke and i think for me like you you have to be in on the joke you have to think like this is absurd and funny and surreal and crazy Um, But I do also think that it is the way our attention is going. I think the attention is going to podcasting, Instagram, and we have to pay attention to that as business owners. Right. I mean, no matter what profession you're in, I can't think of a lot that shouldn't be participating in the social media.
0: Well, everybody is. See, I'm in the rehab business, right? And everybody finds their health care. They find their rehab on the internet on social media, on Yelp, healthcare
1: Doesn't surprise so me at all.
0: It, it doesn't bother me that they find makeup or t-shirts or, t- or tennis shoes, but it really bothered me that they found health care and mental health treatment from a blog or from a Yelp review, right? It doesn't bother me anymore because I decided if I'm going to be the 21st century provider of this, I need to fucking understand this.
1: It's very, very right? smart. A right? lot of people would try to push back on that, I think that you, if you understand that you can communicate and tell a story about your rehab center through your social platforms, people will connect with that right. and want to be a part of that community. And community right now is online. I mean, that's just what's and happening. That's why I
0: think podcasts have exploded because a lot of digital life is just pictures and limited messages, 110, you know, whatever it is, letters and podcast can ramble because they can talk and it really feels like whoever's right now right this is what i love right now there could be a guy in arizona since your husband went to the same university as my wife in arizona it's two o'clock in the morning he's listening to this it's crazy and and it's intimate now it's just him the truck driver guy let's say or a guy moving across country to a new job and the two of us talking about social media because i think it's fascinating people don't really understand. I watched... You know who Billie Eilish is? I'm sure you do. love her. I know who you're her. talking about. Yeah. So I got him his spot. We had to, you know... It was just to get him a spot where he could see there were 70,000 people crowding around. Got him his spot. Just watched how excited he was. It was like me seeing The Clash at the Roxy in 1979, right? And just as she walks out, I stood up to get a picture of him cheering for her from behind, Right. 3,000 cell phones in the air. Not, not, it's like, and Louis CK has a funny joke about this. I know he's not the most popular guy nowadays, but he has a funny joke of like, the thing is happening right there. You're never gonna fucking watch that. And, and he, Louis missed, missed the point of why they do that. It's not so they can watch it, it's so that they can tell other people that they were there
1: it's but it's everyone everyone wants to be able to be that storyteller. It's 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 human nature. So it doesn't surprise me at all that and I again I think it, that's paying attention to where attention is going.
0: It's very strange though to see 3000 phones up in the air, you know.
1: It's very strange.
0: When when and it's very dis It's kind of hard for the artist. She said at one point in her set, I know you want to film and I know you want to take pictures and everything. But can we just have one moment here? Everybody put their phones down and look at me. And she started crying. She said, since I'm 10 years old, I dreamed of this moment. Wow. Wow powerful. She is the real fucking deal. I've never, I've been comparing her to Kurt Cobain and, and Sinead O'Connor. That's what she reminds me of. Wow. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. She is
0: the real deal, but she is the queen of all media and she's 18 years old.
1: People are, it's going to start to shift. We're going to, we're seeing a rise in meditation apps. We're seeing a rise in people putting their phone away. I right now on Sundays, let my phone die. I, I don't Turn it off. I let it die.
0: Don't just a little part of you get a little anxious.
1: <laughs> yes and no. It, it, it relieves Mine a lot died of stress. At
0: Coachella and I was like, what the fuck? How I, I, do I wouldn't want pictures? my phone dying at Coachella.
1: <laughs> that makes me want to blow my head off. But uh, <laughs> if I'm not at Coachella and I'm, I'm just trying to have a day where I read a uh, last Sunday, I read a book like an actual book. Yeah. And let my phone die and it's, it's liberating. I think that there's going to be a shift. Like, I think Billy's a really good example of this. Like, can we just take a minute and put the phone away? Have
0: real, just be together here in this moment. And you're starting to see people do that. But what, what I was talking to your husband earlier, what, what I don't like is old people who know nothing about social media and creating content, acting like they do buddy, buddying with people like you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what? The I, agents and the managers yeah. at CAA, they don't know fucking shit about this. <laughs> they are a bunch of old people trying to capitalize on it, and I compare it to when bands used to hit in the 80s. They'd sign a million bands that sounded like that. That's not why Motley Crue is good. It's because of the songs they write. It's not why Nirvana or the Chili Peppers are good. It's because of the songs they write and who they are. Don't, hire, don't go sign a bunch of bands that look like them. You know Speaking what I mean? of the
1: Red Hot Chili Peppers, I just read *Scar Tissue*. Oh, did you? Recently, and, and you're a big part of that book.
0: I am a big part of it, but so I'll tell you the funniest story about it. When it first came out, um, I was running a, a group for adolescents, you know, suicidal and drugs in a lockdown psych ward, and a little girl goes. Bob, what's your last name? And I had my name, Brad John, right? And I said, Forrest. And she said, you had sex with a transvestite in Cleveland.
1: Oh, I don't even remember that part. (laughs) I must have been a little buzzed when I read that part. I didn't remember that part.
0: Well, it wasn't really, you know, penetration. (laughs) But it's in there.
1: I love it. Maybe I need to go back.
0: But uh, You know what I said back to her? You someday are going to be a leader. Because <laughs> that takes a lot that's of That's amazing. Fun, hey, right? you've had a
1: colorful life. Yeah, I love it. I like fun. a colorful life. Give me anything. Just don't get me boring.
0: So, so And then you've interviewed a lot of my friends, Khalil. Yes, right? Khalil. So he's got a book too. Everybody's got a book. Everybody from my generation, including me, has a book. So I can't criticize. But at a certain point, you're psychoanalyzing the 80s so much that it just gets exhausting, right? My friend Bob Mould from Who's Du wrote a book, and and uh, there's a million books about Nirvana, and there's Chili Peppers Flea's new book is coming out this summer. I can't wait. It's called Acid for the Children.
1: Oh my God, I love it.
0: That's a good title. That's a great title. That's in the song of a side band. I that think we have. that
1: our generation, like for my husband and I, were obsessed though with the generation that you lived in because it is so different because you guys didn't have a phone. I mean, no. It, that blows my mind. Like I don't, I don't even know how that would work. And you, and you guys obviously with the red hot chili peppers created this massive movement without social media.
0: Well, what it was is we were all inspired by, by a, by an explosion of music that happened in New York and London, LA in like 76, 77, 78. And we were in the audience. We were the kids who loved it, but it then became rigidly dogmatic what punk rock was. I think you guys only know rigid dogmatic punk rock. That sounds like bad religion, you know what I mean? Or warp tour. That's not what punk rock was in seven that I was going to, you would go see, you know, all these different very talking heads and Blondie and, and black flag. And there was all these different types of bands that were all under this umbrella called punk rock. And then it, and when it rolled into the 80s it became this certain look and and you know it's like the the flannel shirt tied around the waist and mohawks and all that and we weren't into that and the idea was we just took that energy and then applied it to the music that we like like i like old rock like, you know, Leonard Skynyrd and Led Zeppelin, Chili Peppers like R&B and Funkadelic, and, and you just took that punk rock spirit and went and did the music you liked. And that really, that, that genuine love of music, like really thinking you could change the world because of music, right? We really believed it. I believed it, Perry Farrell believed it. We'd, we'd shoot coke and talk about it all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that this movement could change the world.
1: I mean, how wild was like Sunset Boulevard when you were 25 well, to 30? Well, I always
0: tell that you guys live in West Hollywood. I was going to yeah. tell you, I lived at Fountain and Gardner for about 10 years. Okay, There's Bungalow House there, like right on the corner. Across the street was one of the greatest rock, hard rock bands that ever lived called Masters of Reality, if you can ever hear that. Nowadays, they're they're more represented by Queens of the Stone Age. So the, the guy, Chris, who was in Masters of Reality produced and sings in Queens of Stone Age, right? So, Master Reality across the street. Around the corner was Matt Dyke and Tone Loke and hip-hop and, and Jean-Michel Basquiat was there in this one block. Then at the, uh, going up towards Sunset, at the corner of Sunset and Gardner, above the optometry store is where Guns N' Roses lived. In the same block, one block. Like, you're talking about 80s hip-hop, Guns N' Roses, hard rock, the beginnings of hard rock becoming popular, the masters of reality. They were the first hard rock band of our kind of mentality, right? This is 83, 84, 85.
1: Is Guns N' Roses like as cool as you think they are in person?
0: Well, they, you know, you get older, you kind of lose your cool, don't you? <laughs> but back then, yeah.
1: They they seem pretty fucking cool. <laughs> they,
0: they, they, were, they were scary, kind of. Scary? Yeah, because, you know, they're, But they're, I'll tell you an example. So my girlfriend didn't like them at all okay. at the time. Sabrina Judge, Mike knows her. And she used to have <laughs> a, a knack for having a little too much to drink, right? Huh. And so they were playing at a club called Rodgy's. It was where we all played on Hollywood Boulevard. And apparently she was spitting beer on Axel, <sighs> right? Standing in the front, just squirting beer out her teeth at him. And he took his mic stand and cracked it over, over her, right? And so then somebody came running upstairs and said, dude from Guns N' Roses, just crack your girlfriend over the head. So I went running down there, jumped up on stage. He and I got in a fist fight, right? And he's a lot tougher than you would think he is, for sure. He's, you know, because I thought, oh, he's a poofed or hair hairband guy. I can take him. No, he kicked my ass up and down all around. So the next day, I'm kind of cut and bruised and I'm sitting at canner's all hung over, having breakfast. And he walks in with his friend and they sit right across from me and, and he, go, he said, are we cool? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're cool. And then I went and sat with him and we had breakfast at canner's.
1: That is so iconic. <laughs> Don't you ever sit back and think what an iconic life I've lived?
0: Yeah, sometimes, like when you know, I'm waiting for my kids to ask about it. You know, that's gonna be funner.
1: That you know that'll I mean? be a lot of fun.
0: Right. Right now, Elvis is, Elvis is eight years old, going to be nine. He's a, he's t- saying about Billy Adish, This is the first concert I ever wanted to go to. I go, dude. You've been to Paris and the Chili Peppers and Rio de Janeiro. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh my God, that's and so he's crazy. Like, that's not like this. <laughs> 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 it's not like Billy. People She's, love her. Yeah, You know really. why?
1: I think it's because... and She's real. We were She's, talking about this on the way over. She doesn't give a fuck about showing just what she looks like in any different circumstance. I think we've been so used to so much curation from especially fashion bloggers right. that we've almost been like brainwashed.
0: <laughs> right. And she there's just something really genuine there's just certain people come along and they're the right people at the right moment for the right generation and she's it i'm i'm willing to go out she will she will i predict this she will headline Coachella next year wow that's how big she will become
1: wow so she, she was like it, because at she's just
0: perfect a mashup of hip hop. Like you can tell she likes hip hop. You can tell she likes real ballads and real, you know, beautiful songs, you know, Joni Mitchell or Sinead O'Connor. And she, yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't look like a Kardashian. I think people are sick at looking at musicians that look like the Kardashians myself. I know I am. (laughs) So many people
1: are starting to look like Kardashians. You never know. I mean, it's crazy. You go on Instagram I, yeah, I think people are going to get sick. They're, they're sick of it. They want to see the behind the scenes.
0: So I'm a cynical person. I've been around fashion my whole life. And and I just walk around and I just think, that's right off the rack. That's right off the rack what you're wearing. You had no imagination, not one accessory you could, you could add that represents what you think or what you are. That is right out of the catalog of, you know, whatever, to, you know, free people or whatever. It's just... It, but why don't people have an imagination and want to express themselves? Bring genuineness to it. I right? am,
1: I am a, a pretty much an open book on my platform. I've been from the beginning. I've talked about everything from plastic surgery to Botox to suicide to drug addiction. Um, well, those
0: last two are the ones I want to talk about yeah. now. So we're going to bring Alexis in because both of you are people who understand trauma And you're also living in this fabulous world of online digital non-reality, right? And you're trying to bridge it, let's say, right? One of the things that happens when you have the, I mean, I could psychoanalyze you right now. So you had the loss of your mom, right? 18. Right.
1: Sister was 13.
0: You had to take care of her. Yes. Right. So that's why you're an executive functioner.
1: I'm a control freak. You can say, <laughs> you're gonna say, let's call it what it is. I'm a control freak, like recovering perfectionist.
0: So, do you think you've you grieved that, or you just got right into making sure your sister was safe?
1: That's such an interesting question. I don't think it's a black and white answer, a yes or no. I think I still have a lot of work to do. I don't think it's something that you just grieve and get over and move on. Well, that's I think.
0: what America thinks, though.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what America thinks. I think that. Um, that it's still, I always want to be better in every area. I never, and this may, goes back to my perfectionism. I never think it's sort of enough. I'm intense like that. So when it comes to, when you say, have you grieved? I think that I have a long way to go. I don't think I'm there yet. And it's been, you know, it's been, you know, 10 years.
0: Right.
1: I think maybe I need to go. We were talking earlier to maybe an Al-Anon meeting, I think... Oh, well,
0: was she an addict too, your mom?
1: My mom was an addict. Hmm. My sister was an addict for six years.
0: Yeah, but, but I'm interested in your mom's suicide, right?
1: Yes, my mom committed suicide, like I said, when I was Was 18. it
0: sudden and dramatic? No note? Was there a note?
1: There was a note. And... When you say was it sudden and dramatic, at the time, yes, but looking well, people back... people are doing
0: that more and more. Suicide used to be a long, thought-out process over months and months period of time. All of a sudden, about 10 years ago, people just do it. They'd, ha- they'd be in a great mood and a great state of mind, and a week later kill themselves. And often, sometimes not even leave a note. And I, yeah, I think there's
1: different. I think it's different. It's there's different situations. Every situation's different. For for me, at the time, it felt sudden. But looking back as an adult, there was all these signs that I see stepping outside of it.
0: Were your parents still married?
1: My parents were not married. They're divorced. Okay. And so what ended up happening is my dad felt so much guilt, which enabled my sister's addiction. Right. So it became—it's like a, a whole family is diseased, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a control freak like me, who's used to chaos. And so, it, like, I just think when you say, "Have I grieved?" I think I have a lot of. Work well, see, I think
0: that people don't understand what grieving is. Grieving is not something you can just turn on and turn off. It comes to you, and you can either deny yes. it or mm-hmm. you can let it roll.
2: I really believe that these things come in. They do. They come in waves. They can trigger
0: in a and, movie. And, they yes. can trigger. And, you, and a lot of times, how people get sicker and sicker is they don't accept Spiritual the, gift, bypass. the gift that just yes. happened
2: there's no doubt in my mind that the spiritual path and the sober path is the harder path, but it's the path that is makes it more worth it. I mean, the, the reality is, so for me personally, I just had two, I just had a period of horrendous depression and it was, it was a bunch of stuff. My sexual child abuse when I was, um, four to seven years old that started bubbling up stuff that I hadn't dealt with, right? That I really felt like I had, like I've done years of EMDR and all these therapies and neurofeedback and blah, blah, blah. And so I started feeling all of this stuff bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up, and I didn't know what it was at first. And then I started working with this amazing spiritual healer, and I've I'm like a thousand pounds lighter and I really feel like I finally have shut that door. But had I not been sober and not had a willingness to take a look at that, like I would have just kept using I did, that's what I did. I used drugs to numb all of that. And I feel like we can spiritually bypass for only so long before it leads to something horrendous like overdosing and dying well, because of the pain. Well, what
0: happens with. Well, there's two different ones you're talking about. Ch- sexual abuse is trauma, in, and grief is this other category. So when you have somebody, especially a yeah. primary person in your life, kills mm-hmm. themselves, doesn't die in a car accident, chooses to leave you behind, that is deep, right? And so my dad did it when I was 15. And, but it. But my mom was a bitch too, so it was kind of hard. <laughs> she You're was funny, anybody, Bob. So anybody good. that knew her, called her that. But I know it's a bad term nowadays. But that's back in the '60s. That's what they called people. I'm not calling. I'm just trying to. It's okay, Bob. Back. It's not. <laughs> no, I'm a bitch sometimes. <laughs> but so, so my mom used to tell me all the time that I could be president of the United States, right? She used to tell me that all the time. Bobby, you got a gift of gab. You could be president of the United States. Until I started smoking weed. And then it was like, you could have been president of the United <laughs> States, but you're on drugs and everything, right? So president of the United States was set around my house from the time I was four or five years old until you know I graduated from high school. In The positive in the beginning and the negative in the end. And there's a song by John Cougar Mellencamp the guy that says, boy, someday you're going to be president. But just like everything else is, oh, crazy dreams just kind of came and went. Ain't that America? You know that song? Yeah, I love that song. I was high out of my mind on heroin and I was playing that record and I realized what the lyric was. And I went back and put the record in and listened to it again. And I started crying. I literally cried for 12 hours mm. and I was grieving my dad. I was grieving... Being raised by a monster, I grieved the loss of friends it's it's it once the floodgates open you feel cleansed of it right but to be
2: fair bob i was grieving all of the things that i lost because of what this monster did to me right. all of the relationships lost all of the experiences lost all of the normal childhood that was lost that's what was coming up for
1: right. me do you and, think maybe it came up because your daughters are reaching that certain age
2: yes and it did it actually when my young was turning for that's when I jumped back into therapy and therapy is great but I really feel like I needed to do more like energetic clearing and that's what I did and we can talk more about that well, offline. Yeah what did you
1: do I see I haven't I don't think I've done enough research into You're
2: stuff You
0: to like listen that. to John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well so everybody
2: yeah, has a different experience so like that for Bob was like a really spiritual experience and I think everybody kind of has their own I think talk therapy it's like we're doing talk therapy right now well, that's like, what so we can say. talk about it so much and then it's like but what is the energy that is left and so i started working with this spiritual healer that that really changed my life and we did a combination of like emotional freedom technique tapping which is i could go on and on about it and we can talk about it later and we did reiki work and just like spiritual cleansing and forgiveness work
0: from khalil
2: no, not oh. from Khalil. Oh. <laughs> <Sounds like laughs> no, something. I found her on Yelp. Really? <laughs> yes, but you See know how I how people find. But stuff? let me tell you something, Bob. You I was were right, so, Bob. <laughs> Bob is always right. I was, so I was so desperate. I was so desperate for help. Like I was so depressed. Like too su- dreadful su- to su- call Khalil. <laughs> too suicidally depressed. Well, I just didn't think to call Khalil. I just literally in my in this period of like I feel like I'm dying. Like you know those moments where like it's all coming up and you literally feel like you're dying. Like the weight of the world is just on you and you feel like I'm just being suffocated. That's how I felt. And so I yelped like, you know, Reiki master near me and this chick...
0: Think about that. Reiki master <laughs> near me. Yeah. And then it asked for your location. You said <laughs> okay. okay. Yes.
2: And she had like 55-star reviews on Nelp. I was like, this chick is legit. So now I went to her and like my mom sent like four of her clients, and my sister is sitting with her right now because this chick is legit. And here's how I knew she was legit. Why are you pulling Olive, down
0: the road? because well, she? she's
2: down the road? So, <laughs> so here's how I you know that this chick is legit. You go to these spiritual teachers and therapists and all of these people who want to keep you forever, right? right? They want to keep you forever. I've been in therapy for like, I don't know, seven years now. And they want to keep you forever. This chick said, Oh, in her German accent, I'll see you six times, I'll give you all you need to know, and I'll never see you again. I'm like, oh wow. okay. Is so, she off Canaan? No. She's no. not I won't you tell you I won't tell is. you no yeah, yeah, yeah. No nope. nope. if anybody really wants her they it's can contact the, me directly I don't want her to blow I just I want her to be woman. my special friend no, okay. I, I have my I have my stuff like it's
0: that. That's the one woman who doesn't want more business.
1: I think that it's it, it's hard because what you guys are saying it's, like what I'm hearing is that it's a lot of work. No, this woman healed me
2: in six sessions. But but it is you have to invest the time, the money. I think you can learn about
0: it. You can learn about it too. And like a lot of people, we were Mm -hmm. uh, we work in treatment, right? So a lot of people go to treatment, they don't really want to any of what treatment offers them. They just want to stop taking drugs. I'm sure your sister's been to rehab before, right? Yes. How 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 embracing of the treatment was she? Because Mm -hmm. it wasn't she wasn't suffering she didn't think because of those reasons because of childhood trauma because of personality disorder that's what she wasn't what she was identifying as a problem she was identifying drugs as a problem so yes. you go to the place and they start talking about all this other stuff it's much it works much better when you're motivated when you know what the problem is and you've researched and you've tried to avoid it and you've stuffed it and you've said oh after i have this baby or after i do this or after i do that and then you can't avoid it anymore that's, that's what when I mean. it works the best
2: yes that's what i mean by the spiritual bypass we can bypass as much as we want, but then there's times in our moments where it brings us to our knees and we have to do the work.
1: Even today, my husband said, you think you need al Because, And I'm like, yeah. Well, are you
0: trying to control your... How's your sister doing? For my one?
1: sister's great. She's been six years sober and she has a Perfect. baby. So she's doing amazing. It's, it's good. It's, that is
0: fucked up when they lap you. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Somebody that's progressing in ways like in yeah. financial or family or whatever way... You just think like, holy shit, that person was somebody I never thought could be ahead of me.
1: I'm, I, I have yeah. to tell you, I couldn't be happier yeah. with the state that she was in to the state now. It's, it's a big difference. Right. Yeah. It's a big difference. I mean, she was, she was a hair away from, I, I think, dying. You know what you guys need to invent? You need to invent a rehab where someone like me who is I'm I'm working every single day, seven days a week, I need to stop for Digital. one month a d- and go to we treatment. Do that. We have a professional program. But that's program. not that's not about addiction. It, yeah, it's not about addiction. Oh. It's about healing. Well, I know. From well
0: there stuff. is there is some places and they're like the the granddaddies of them all, the Ashlon mm-hmm. Center and yes. Sur... You, mm-hmm. you, could, you could go there for I'll go a week with you. Or two weeks. It's transformative. I'll
2: go with you. Let's go and have a, like a week. week? It? No. No. I have. Yes. no,
1: I haven't. I don't think to be really honest and blunt, I don't think I've put enough energy towards, um, I don't want to say fixing that part of me, but towards healing that part of me. I so think th- that, and I think it's going to come up, I'm going to have a John Mellencamp moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you are. Yeah, <laughs> you I think I'm
1: fucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all but I'm it'll, saying. But there'll be more things to talk about. Now, here's the thing, getting back to this. Nobody talks like this, right? And, and the, there's a disconnect sometimes with Alexis because I romanticize drugs so much. And there's not a lot of romantic, fun stuff that happened with her on drugs. There was tons with me. So Dave Navarro, the guitar player, his mother, do you know the story of that? Mm -mm. His mother was murdered when he was 13 years old by his stepfather. And the guy never got caught. And so every time Jane's Addiction was playing, and he was the only witness, and every time Jane's Addiction was playing, Dave thought, I wonder if he's here and going to fucking shoot me. That's why he numb wow. himself with drugs. Wow. Because the guy, you know, Dave saw him go in the Holy house, shit. kill his mom, and leave. And then the guy just disappeared off the face of the earth. Cops never found him. Oh so my every God. time James Addiction was playing, Dave thought, this is the night where he's going to be here and kill the only witness to his crime. Right? Could be a crime serial thing, right? So we used to do drugs and talk about that. And i talk about my dad. And we really, hours, hours, days, that all of us addicts—that's what we talked about. Real things.
1: Why do See, you think it's cha- I've noticed nobody that talks
0: about real things. That's no. why you only
1: talk about it on podcasts. In my
2: drug addiction, yeah. we weren't talking about real things at all. Like we There's were. There's some generational there, yes, thing we're not is. talking. You know what? And I think that. Uh-huh. Um, I think that and it's furthered by social media because we're supposed to have these, literally it's not keeping up with the Joneses anymore. I always say this, it's fucking keeping up with the Kardashians. Fuck keeping up with the Joneses. It's now like you have to have this perfectly curated life and eventually it leads to a lack of, and a disconnect between people on an intimate level they're no longer able to have these intimate conversations because Self, of
0: self-disclosing yes, they're conversations. Not, they don't
2: want to be vulnerable anymore why would you want to be vulnerable in this world where anybody can take what you say now and post it on social media yeah, i'm here would I'm, people do that yes yes and i'm hearing about this new trend of bullying where kids are purposely doing mean things to other kids so they can film it to put it on their fucking I know, instagrams I know. it's just heinous i what think is we're happening. gonna shift
1: though i'm telling you, I think we're gonna. Sh- I think we're in a point right now where people, where the the Kardashian yeah. perfect perfection generation's going out. I, I really just think tell so. you
0: how the Kardashians started. They were broke. That's mm-hmm. why I was there. I know them. Mm-hmm. I, the, one of the reasons why you why you said they're so savvy. They grew up in Beverly Hills, right? <laughs> yeah. And they were going broke. Their dad died. There was no income coming in. That mother had never worked in her life, right? And Kim worked for my friend Paris. I don't I don't, I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> but So oh, I'm friends with Paris Hilton, and Kim worked for her. And then Paris is really a solid person, believe it or not. Her parents are still married, not a lot of grief, not a lot of I trauma. Believe that. She's, a She's a solid person. She's a solid person. She's like, I can't believe I'm going to say it. She's a pretty healthy person compared to somebody whose dad died, left them poverty-stricken and prideful Beverly Hills. And Kim just saw what Paris did. It was all calculated. It was all, you know, very mindfully done. And Kim copied it, Hmm. right? The mom then picked up on that right? Do the porn video, then get on social media. The, the, everybody forgets the fundamentals of how the Kardashians came into it our life. It all starts with porn. It all
1: starts. Michael, with <laughs> let's make a porn. Pull your dick out. <laughs> I know.
2: I talked to, I say that to Evan too. I'm Mike, like, I need to be into this. Do you want to know how I know?
0: Because, because vivid video, Steve is a friend of mine. So growing up, I grew up with him. I His love dad this was juicy scoop. Guy. I feel
2: like I'm getting the juicy scoop right, right now. And he <laughs> was the so one good. that we
0: all knew because he went to Power Tools. He was—he's the same age as me. He grew up in L.A. and his dad was a porn king. And then he worked in the warehouse. Mm. And so as all these people started with video cameras and whatever, like, hey, I got a sex tape of Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. Do you want it? And he's like, wonder if I could sell that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you can. About two million copies. Of Maybe it. You we can.
1: should copy it, babe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but now it's now it's a different era. But but that. So I just think they're smart, they're savvy, but they're sophisticated because of how they grew up, right?
1: I mean, I, I, I agree. I think the thing but that I try no to look at. But they are no one to
0: model after. No. What,
1: <laughs> I think it's for me. It's like what they've done with with the situation is impressive to me. Like, There's
0: not a lot of families can do that. Everybody no. America, the other part of America is victim mentality. The Kardashians are not fucking victims. No. They could have laid around there and become victims, but they didn't. You yes. know, something some drive and determination is in them. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm never really dis like Upset with the people who are setting the table. No, I'm upset, I'm upset with, with upset the culture. With the people who want that.
2: Yes. Right. Yes. Agreed. A hundred percent. I cannot shit on the fact that Kim Kardashian took a porn tape and turned it into a billion dollar empire. She, I, I'm upset with the the culture, culture that we live in and the people who idolize that and want to copy that
0: because because a lot of moms talk to me about not wanting their daughters to to follow that right yeah you keep them off social media i
2: can't say it again keep your kids off social media
0: you know what i do we'll see alexis if you can see i'm
2: telling you i'm gonna do my fucking best right i just don't
1: give it energy I feel like I have a certain but of But you don't have energy, a
0: daughter who's twelve, that's true. Who's yes. feeling like she's not that's pretty true. because she doesn't have a big butt totally. or whatever. And, it and is. I
1: feel like I need to like bro- broach that when I get there. At this point, though, like I just try not to give the culture or Kim Kardashian or any of it any kind of energy because. But how
0: do we how do we get the idolatry to stop? That's the most important you, you, thing.
1: You, this this is the control freaking me. You can't control that, so why even try and well, let it stress you, you out? Well, hopefully,
0: promote Billie Eilish.
1: I love. Who Billie is Irish. not the Kardashian. Now, now I'm,
0: or, or, I'm. into it. I like Jared Smith. Like he's he's an interesting kid, right? Um,
1: Jared Smith. Do I need to look at him too?
0: Well, he's he's a rapper kid. He's a he's Will Smith's son. He okay. played. I just only know who played Coachella this week,
2: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. As as tastemakers, as the people that set the set the table of what American youth is interested in, right? And he just seems genuine and says outrageous things. He said he was in love with Tyler the Creator, which is a boy. like, like whoa!
1: I love it. You don't let hear your that freak fly.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I mean, I think what's going to attract people now is it's. I hate the word authenticity. I'm so bored with that word. I could throw up. But I just know. just but it's the being best you, word doing you human. on your own terms. How term. about human? Just be
0: yeah. Being human. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. it's too curated. You right. know.
0: So so what do we say to parents? Because really, parents want to know how to... Really, what parents want to know is how do I keep my kids off drugs? And I think social media is the new drug.
1: Mm-hmm. It's addicting.
0: It's m- more addicting than heroin. You only do heroin four times a day. You do your phone like 4,000 times, times a day.
1: How do you keep your kid <laughs> off the phone? I don't even know how I would do that.
0: Um, well, <laughs> I've got a solution at my house, which is we just... Let Elvis do, you know, his thing with Twitch and watching people play video games. And then it's outside time. Yeah. Right? That's
1: a great tip.
0: we go outside. We got a trampoline and, you know, electric cars and fun. And once he gets out there, he doesn't long for the thing. See, I think a lot of parents are withholding. No, you do what you want. I don't care. You know, have it for two hours, three hours. But At two o'clock, we're going outside till the sun goes down. And he looks forward to that. Right I'm into that but parents don't know how to get them out of their rooms I, I, you know just grab their phone out of their hand what the fuck everybody's tiptoeing around children too much I don't care I what he feels I agree with that too give me your
2: fucking phone oh god phone. My, my husband <laughs> yeah I
0: so agree with that give it's me like, your fucking phone it's over you know, the yes. psychologists would tell you you know you have to prepare them that you have to give them a countdown like no I don't I just need, need to grab the phone out of his hand well, and say go outside I think we're coming <laughs> off a generation of
1: where parents wanted to be friends with their kids yeah, and yeah. now It's it's changing back to it seems like the parents the parent and the kid is the kid.
2: Yeah. Oh no no no. We're a family. There is this whole world of attachment parenting that is literally raising
0: But it's children. psychologists. It's not I don't think that's naturally oh, coming to the moms. No. I think I think somebody's telling them that's what you do. That somebody tried to tell me I need to count down when I'm telling Elvis when we're leaving. I was like, "Okay."
1: <laughs> well, we're I mean, get your, your ass in the fucking car and sit the <laughs> fuck down and get the fuck off
0: your phone. <laughs> I mean, I believe You've been told that. Uh, you have yes. to do the countdown. Well, I like, believe fuck that. I got so much on my mind I can't remember how many things I'm supposed to do. <laughs>
2: I, I actually was just joking with Evan there was this whole like thing on one of my Facebook moms groups that were like do you guys do the leprechaun at your house I'm like what fucking leprechaun they're like the leprechaun like it leaves pee like green pee like you put the food coloring in the toilet bowls and you leave the like footprints around the house I'm like are you for fucking <laughs> real right now I'm like don't we have enough holidays where we do shit for our kids like is this real life that I'm supposed to live how leave? far are they
0: apart three years
2: my kids are three years apart yeah,
0: yeah. elements and consider how far apart four years four so So Elvis never came to a point where we had to tell him Santa Claus wasn't real or bunny rabbit wasn't real or whatever. He just started telling us, pointing at Sydney for Christmas, does she really think it's Santa Claus? And I, like we still thought, he thought it was Santa Claus. Self-awareness. I like, like Elvis's self-awareness. I mean, yes. I'm into it. But there was no direct conversation, you know? And a lot of parents talk about like, how are we going to tell, what's going to happen when he knows that there's no Santa Claus? You know, they do it organically. Things happen. Human beings are amazing. That's another thing that with the, the Kardashian thing, it's, you're not inadequate.
2: Um, I think we just live in a society... I think what happened was technology advanced so quickly. And as a way of coping and catching up, we thought, oh, we've got to do this and we've got to do that and we've got to stop doing this. I mean, sh- there's science now that backs the fact that spanking your kids damages them, right? Like there we know all of these things. And so we're t- constantly trying to catch up with all of the new advancements without trusting the fact that we've always had what we need. I mean, that's how we've survived for as long as we've had, as we have is because as a human species, we've always inherently had what we need to survive. And so when we talk about sickness and running to you know drugs and doing all the things that we're doing, which is causing disconnection and chaos, it's like really we just need to come back to ourselves and to recognize that everything that we have is right here. And when you were talking about being worried about you're not maternal enough, I was saying the second you have that baby and you look at that baby and I almost, I'm not saying that people who adopt and have surrogates. First thing you're going to think
0: is, wow, the head is really it's weird. weird. You gotta um, know when they come out, their heads are like tubes, and I didn't know weird. nobody told me. And I looked down. I'm no, like, it's the because, eyebrows could be a little no, thicker. No, but it fills out after about three hours. And they don't tell you that in birthing class. Well,
2: it's not that they don't tell you. <laughs> it's that as a species, we now all go to the hospital and have okay. give birth in these little rooms, and nobody else sees us giving birth, and nobody. We don't. Back in the day, women used to birth together, and we used to see women, and those women used to help us in our delivery and this was kind of like the normal natural process and now it's become so separate. But what I was going to say to you is that I'm not saying that women who adopt children or who, you know, I don't have that experience or have a circuit, obviously you love that child. You look at that child and you love that child. I'm just saying that there is this really special moment when you give birth and you look at your child and you go, everything... That this child needs, I already have. I've grown this child from a little egg and a little sperm into a full size baby. My body has birthed this child. My milk is coming in, it's going to nourish and feed this child. I have every single thing that this child needs, down to its immunity. I mean, uh, yes, vaccines, blah, blah, blah. Um, But what I'm trying to say is that, like, your breast milk is actually your child's first vaccine and it can actually morph into what your child needs if it comes in contact with an illness. Your saliva tells your nipples. It needs to create these antibodies. Like you have, we have as a species, every single neat thing that we need to heal. And there's a time and a place for medical advancements and all of this stuff. And I feel like as as a society, as we've begun to um to advance in those areas that we've forgotten our innate power that is within us and that we are capable right. of honing and, and, and the, using. And the herd
0: mentality that you guys are talking about, it's herd mentality you're talking about, the Kardashian thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We used to embrace different differences, mm-hmm. people that were different. Actually celebrated them.
2: Well, I mean, we let's talk about like then we can talk about like what race relations and well, you know homophobia and, and all of but that. I'm I mean, that like
0: when you look yeah. at classic the the heroes of just I just know music mostly. Yes, the, the people, the heroes of music are not classically attractive. Now they have to be. Yeah, that's that's there's something that's very interesting about how we're becoming a herd mentality and everybody the same
1: i think we're i think we're moving out of that i think people are attracted to differences i really do i think i think we're turning a leaf as a society like exactly what you were saying earlier about billy she's completely her own person and mm-hmm. the reason everyone's attracted to her is because she's doing what she wants on her own terms how she's she wants so to cute do that
2: it she loves justin bieber i think she that, that's justin just so bieber cute she's and obsessed, and she him, so cute. obsessed she was with justin crying, bieber couldn't it was so it. cute so cute
0: yeah it's I just amazing let, so that let's wrap it up but um thank you so much for being on here i know it's a little different but your it. sister didn't die nope she's alive she's alive and with a so, baby Amazing. and so now someday you're gonna deal with crying
1: someday oh, yeah John Mellencamp <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alexis thanks for having thanks, me Bob. out here you guys thank, thank you, you so thanks much thanks for having us on alright bye bye oh.